0: All right, guys, you guys are in for a good little bonus episode this week. Um, Enjoy it. There exists a threat. From anti-hunting groups to politicians trying to give our land away, and we won't stand for it. Those vast western landscapes provide the space for our wildlife to thrive and a place for hunters and anglers to fuel the fire that sparks their soul. In this show, we share our love of hunting, fishing, and conservation here All right ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this episode of the Western Huntsman podcast. This is Jim Huntsman, your host, coming at you from the Broken Tan studio and brought to you by Eastman's Hunting Journal. Thanks guys for tuning in this week. Uh we're doing a little bit something different here. This is uh, I've got the uh first in-person guest in the new studio, which is still under uh, it's a total shit show in here. Um we've got stuff piled up and and uh you know, it's just kind of a catch-all room right now, but we're remodeling the house and Eventually, this is going to be a really cool studio, but I wanted to do an episode with my cousin, Andrew, who I've talked about on the show in the past. In fact, he's been on the episode in the past, a long time ago, and uh, we're, we're going to talk about, we do, usually after September, I do an episode called September Dreams, and we I haven't really done one yet, and Andrew tagged out on a really nice herd bull this last September, so we're going to kind of tell that story uh, we're going to talk about his transition from being a, uh, you know, kind of a, a brand new hunter into the, uh, you know, more of an accomplished hunter as to where he's at now. And uh, before I bring him on, I just, when I do these bonus episodes, you guys know I like to kind of, uh, instead of play all the ads like normal, um, I just want to mention the sponsors and and just remind you guys, you know, the sponsors on the show uh, are are who what makes this show possible and so I appreciate you guys uh reaching out and supporting those guys and and uh, we'll talk about a couple of them here one is Hoffman boots uh I've been a uh, Hoffman boots was one of the first sponsors they're not the first but one of the first they're one of the oldest sponsors on this show and Hoffman boots has uh it's an american made company right here a family of shoemakers It dates back several decades and uh if you guys are in the market for a really good hunting boot and you want to check out something new that you've never tried before without having to take a second mortgage out to get a pair of decent hunting boots, check out Hoffman Boots at HoffmanBoots.com and use promo code HUNTSMAN10 uh, at checkout to save you 10%. And the other one I want to mention is uh, Juniper Mountain Coffee. I have been really happy uh, with with this sponsor because uh, they sent me a bunch of free coffee, and I like coffee. I don't know about you guys, but I really like coffee, and this coffee is really... Uh it's it's like it's it's unique and I was unsure. I was super leery at first because I'm really picky about the kind of coffee uh that and my wife is too. Uh which by the way, guys, we have our first live uh audience tonight here right here in the studio. Make some noise, girls. Um <laughs> and so uh but but my wife and I were we're like coffee connoisseurs and we're we're a little bit picky but we ordered this Juniper Mountain coffee and we like the dark roast and it is really good it's it's like full of flavor it's it's much better than some of that other you know stuff you get out there you get some of that artesian coffee they try to get too fancy and uh, Juniper Mountain is run by hunters that uh they're they're not a bunch of wokesters. they're uh, they're great people over there Uh, They love America. They love elk hunting, and it's it's a great company, and it's a great company for you guys to support if you'd like to buy uh, coffee from somewhere that is just not, you know, in the grocery store. So check them out at Juniper Mountain, uh, and uh, let them know the Western Huntsman sent you, and I appreciate you guys. So with that, we'll uh, run through some more sponsors later in the show. I have Mr. Andrew Tucker on the podcast this week, or for this episode, and uh Andrew is uh, my my cousin. He's my well, he's my wife's cousin, but him and I are homies, right? Yeah, man. We've been hunting for a long time together, and and uh, he's he's become one of my closest friends. And it's uh, just like a, a pleasure to have him in the studio. So, Andrew, welcome to the show, man.
1: Hey, thanks for having me here,
0: man. Get your face right up in that yeah, mic. I told nah. you, make out with that microphone. <laughs> they here, gotta man. hear you.
1: I'm here. I'm glad to be the first one in the studio too.
0: Yeah, you are, and you're the first one in this studio. I can hear the dogs out there barking like yeah. crazy. But, anyways, uh, Andrew and I are uh, we are indulging in some whiskey tonight while we record this. Yeah, you have and to, right? What is it? It's like ten o'clock at night. No, it's eleven o'clock at night, yeah. Montana time. Yeah, man. So it's been a good day. I want to talk about first of all give give everybody like a a bird's eye view of how you grew up, what your exposure to hunting was, and We'll kind of take it from there.
1: Yeah. So um I grew up, lived in Utah for my first, until I was about six or so. I did a few little hunts with uh, uncles and grandpas, but nothing major, nothing that I would could ever really recall. And then I actually, my mom moved us down to Nevada out in Las Vegas and did mo- most of my growing up there, went to college there, met my wife there. We got married, first daughter was born there. And once she was born we got out of there. We didn't do any outdoor stuff. We didn't really hunt or fish or anything there. Um, but so we moved over to the Linwood area in Seattle. And once we got there, we started getting into the outdoor life a little more, started fishing, started getting into hunting. I came over to visit you guys a couple times and going on hunts with you as a, as a bystander was, was, was fun. And then we made the move over to Idaho and my youngest was born here. And ever since then, and I've been tagging along with you and, getting into hunting and then going out solo by myself and and really just trying to immerse myself into it, been hooked. You know, it only takes only one good hunt to get hooked into it. So after that, you know, I got, got a rifle, I got a bow and been really getting into archery. Um, a lot of your podcasts, you know, the school of September's taught me a lot and just trying to get out there and, and chase these beasts. And it's been fun. I mean, we've had a lot of, Good hunts together. Yeah, man. That that's kind of mine. So I'm definitely more of an adult onset hunter and, and picking things up later in life. But it's been an awesome, awesome journey, and then learning and still trying to get better every season.
0: So, and 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 with that, and and the reason why I want to talk about that, Andrew, is, is when when I think about a lot of the listeners out there, and a lot of people that might what just randomly pick this episode up, right? These, these are people, some of these guys are, or, or gals, are people that have never been in the woods. They've never been on a hunt. They've never had a tag. Maybe they haven't even had hunter safety yet. And I feel like there's a lot of interest in these people to get into hunting, and they have maybe this misconception as to what the barrier of entry to hunting is, really. Like, like you know, they they think that it's much greater than it really is, and why I like talking to you about this stuff, and and I don't say this in like a, this is not like a mean way of saying it, but you were like the most inept, yeah, 100%. woodsman that I've ever met, 100%. And, and 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 so we're only talking what six seven years
1: ago, yeah, and no, that's a and great point. Sorry, I didn't mean. To no, go there. go for it. Because, take it. Uh, yeah, I came from the big city, and it just wasn't. A concern and i am directionally challenged as as all get out like i get in the woods and like you can i can point <laughs> east from west or anything at first you know i used to follow you and there was just really just the simplest hikes going in and you would know how to get back and i thought that was crazy that you could figure out how to get back without knowing exactly which way you're going or looking at a map i was yeah really uh were we even using, like, onyx No, and stuff back no, then? No, no, like, no. I don't think that was even a thing no, back then. No, the, the fact that you knew these woods and you knew land, to look at landmarks and identifying them and things like that to get back was was crazy to me. When The first few times I went by myself, like, not going to lie, I, I did the shortest little routes. I'd put little markers there to make sure I could get back and not get lost. Cause if there's a, if there's a way to get lost, I, I would find it. <laughs> so you did. But that one time you got lost was cool
0: because I found that cool, uh, elk shit. Yeah. Remember yeah, that?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh dude. Yeah. I took Zach was
0: pissed because I was in the front <laughs> yeah. and I found it
1: before he did. Yeah. I, I took a couple degrees off and ended up dropped down like what? Four or 500 feet. Pretty bad. Yeah, <laughs> man.
0: You went, you went, well, I don't know how you ended up down there, but you know, it's, it's easy to do in North Idaho, man. It's not like other places. No, Like you get in those woods, it's like being inside of, like, uh, remember that movie, uh, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, yeah. and they're in yeah, the grass? In the grass. Yep. That's what <laughs> it's like here. You it know? really and, is. Yeah,
1: I thought, I was like, oh, I knew where or the other guy we were hunting with. I was like, oh, he's down here. I can come down. And I just shot over a couple degrees, and all of a sudden I was, yeah, it could have been bad. It, when but, we
0: finally actually heard your voice,
1: we, yeah, I finally you were turned in on the, the radio. opposite direction yeah. than what we thought you were. It was bad. So Your it, mic is being... It's, yeah, it's, it's like kind of twisting, weird. but it just goes to show that yes, it, there there is definitely things that were a little challenging getting into it as an adult onset hunter, but or you know someone that hasn't done it. But if I can do it, <laughs> other people can do it for sure. Well, and like, what was your perception getting
0: into hunting when you first moved here? You know, we we went on a couple of hunts. What was your perception of it? Like, what uh, did you think? man, I'd love to do this, but, uh, I don't know how the hell to even, you know, take the first step or, or like, you know, what, what was that like?
1: Yeah, no, it's a good thing. So I, I, like I said, I've had uncles and grandpas that have done it. I've, I've liked fishing, things like that. I've always liked the outdoors, but in that I wanted to do it. And it was for me, it was just the, I liked the challenge of it, but it was like, how, how can I do this safely? Yeah. Where I don't get lost because I have a wife, I got daughters, and like like I said, I can get lost pretty quick. So I was like, "All right, how do I go about learning these woods? How do I learn how to call these animals?" Just mm-hmm. ha- breaking into it, and then it was really just trial by fire. Like I followed you for a few hunts those first couple of years, and then it was just like, if I'm gonna learn this, I'm I have to get out on my own. And, and circumstances happen where you know your work, my work's different days like that, where it's like, "All right, if I have a day off, I'm just gonna go and." do a little bit on my own yeah. and and slowly get better at it get more confident with it so I didn't go out I definitely did not go out backpacking miles in my first times it was a few hundred yards off the road and then a little further then a little further as i got more comfortable but i didn't i wasn't done with it i'd like to yeah. say i was more cautious than anything i probably could have gone further but i'd like to just my biggest thing was keep safe, you know, and and then learn. And then as I get more comfortable and then you get on X, things like that, where you can, Mm -hmm. you can get a lot more comfortable and a little more daring, but yeah, that, that, that was my thing is like, get more comfortable with the woods and then figure out how the animals work, patterns, calling all that stuff. But that was my biggest thing. And if I, you know, you can get other people that are comfortable with the woods and, and know their way around, then they can jump in a little quicker than I did. But mine was, you know, at a real basic one-on-one level of like, learn some woodsmanship too first.
0: yeah for sure and what what what's always kind of impressed me with the way you approached hunting is you know nobody nobody comes in as an expert and you're coming with me who is a guy that i i didn't know what you didn't know right and and but what impressed me was like you would go out on your own and you'd get your teeth kicked in you wouldn't see shit there there'd be you know nothing no game no no deer no elk no what whatever and, um, a lot of people get into hunting and they have, they go through a couple of seasons and without notching a tag they, and some of them don't even see like a deer or, or an elk or, or they don't hear anything bugle back at them and they kind of lose interest because it's not, uh, it's not, uh, there's no easy button to this, you know, and, and it, they, they buy, you know, $1,200 worth of gear. And then, and then like the next season, they don't even get a tag because, they've had it they they don't want to do this anymore it's too hard or it's too you know uh, they don't understand how to learn it or they don't you know whatever you it was different man like you actually went out there and you applied yourself to whether it's listening to to podcasts or watching videos or talking to other hunters and and you just kind of stuck with it and then this year well, there, there there was a last year or maybe that was two years ago. I don't remember when we we went down there and dealt a double dirt nap, brother. Yeah, we did we got <laughs> on mule the mule deer, right? Yeah, we got the mule deer. So so we both got mule deer that one day, and then uh, this last year you tagged out on a uh, on a on a, what what we would refer to as a herd bull, and uh a nice six point bull, and it's your first elk, and yep. this that that anyway the the whole point to that is like that journey from knowing nothing to getting to that point in less than a decade speaks to your commitment to learning this as a lifestyle. And that, and I want to talk, I I, I want explain to people that have never been like, if they've never been out in the woods, they've never had a tag and they're thinking about going like 2024 is going to be their first year. What, what was different between what you thought it would be like getting into hunting versus what reality was? Does that make sense?
1: Yeah. No, it does. And it definitely, there was a lot of days, a lot of miles, everything. Scrapes and cuts, but seeing nothing, like you said. You know, not hearing anything on days on end, or not seeing anything. And the expectation definitely is, is different, right? When you're out there, it's, it's different. Like, you see videos, you're like, oh, I can get out there, and they're going to bugle back, and it's I know, great. And that's a problem with, and like, YouTube is super and, helpful, and, right? And, but, yeah.
0: man, it's not it's not reality. And it's tough.
1: Dude. There was so many days where you were into a bugle fest by yourself and I am somewhere else. I'm like, dude, I didn't hear anything. You're like, Oh man, I had great encounters. I'm like, well shit, I'm not, (laughs) I'm not having anything. I'm not, I don't hear anything. Um, so part of it is knowing like it's, it doesn't really happen that first. I mean, it can, but if you don't know anything, like you shouldn't expect to have immediate success. I mean, we all know that,
0: that dude that gets a tag first year, he walks 10 feet from his truck and, Shoots a bowl on the side of the hill and the damn thing yeah. rolls down and ends up right in the back of his truck. So he yeah. didn't even have to drag it and break it down and nothing. Yeah, it caught a you limb know, and it gutted itself. It like itself, gutted you know? itself yeah. on the way down. <laughs> yeah. And then on the way home, it cooked itself. But, yeah. <laughs> but it's just
1: one of those. But my biggest thing, I mean, there's not the biggest thing, but there's just several things to go. One is is learn, it's trying to learn everything. So just for me, little things like listening to squirrels as they. They, you know, alarm as you're walking in, but if you're sitting down and you can hear them go, it's like, oh, well, maybe something else is coming in. Just learn the woodsmanship of it, learning other animals, things like that. And then the other thing is just enjoying nature. Like, there's so many days I'd go home, and I didn't see an elk. I didn't get an opportunity, but I could tell my girls, hey, I saw some moose out there. I, yeah. saw, this, I saw this deer do this. I saw an owl. Enjoy what you're out there for, even if it's not a success in terms of your tag you're mm-hmm. still having a great day in the woods. Yeah. I'd rather have that than being behind the desk working. So that's a thing is a big thing is enjoy while you're out there. It's not so, just tagging out, you know, that, that, at least for me, I could find joys in the day that if I didn't see any elk, I could yeah. find the things that I still enjoyed about it. And then just trying to learn every year, you and, know? And that's a good point, dude. There's a lot of people
0: that go out and they, they're like grinding and, uh, I don't know if they're like the pursuit is to, you know, uh, doing it in the in the for the glory of the gram or something, you know. Yeah. But they don't enjoy the hunt, and like I enjoy, I just enjoy being out there. Yeah. Tagging out is just a huge benefit, you know, and and it's always the goal, and that's what I'm working towards. But man, people fuck themselves. I, I pardon my friends. We're drinking whiskey tonight, folks, <laughs> and um, they 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 really lose focus on what the mission is it, really enjoy it out there and, man and that's i think that's important for new hunters especially because maybe like if you don't have this attachment from childhood to get out in the woods and and experience that and and see that it, it that I, I think that that could be lost really easily how how is your life how like how has it changed from being a non-hunter somebody who lived in like somewhere like linwood washington or, or las vegas versus now you, now you live on some acreage in North Idaho out in the woods and you've got wild animals coming onto your land and you go out and you hunt and you, you spend a lot of time in the woods. How, like Describe the difference of what your life is now versus what it was like a decade ago.
1: Yeah. So a lot more aware, I would say. Like you're aware, especially for the food source. And as you have, for me, you know, like you married, have daughters, you want to provide for them. One, you just want to provide for them in general as a father and a husband, right? But also provide them the food sources and knowing where it comes from. I don't know, knowing-
0: man. I was hoping I was going to marry a sugar mama yeah. and I wouldn't have to do <laughs> shit. But, oh, just kidding. She's sitting right over there. <laughs> Honey, you want to say anything
1: in the mic, by the way? Oh, she's
0: no, good. She she's good. Yeah, she don't want to get on the show. Yeah. Anyway,
1: sorry. But no, but that's one of those things is being more aware of just your connection. Just as getting older, too, You know, you know, you learn a little more things and you want to know one that you can provide for your family, you can get that food. You know how healthy it is. It's not getting dyed in the store or pink slime or you know whatever all that other stuff that goes in the what store. What do they
0: call that Taco Bell meat? The pink sludge? Yeah, the pink sludge. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, which, something like hey, that. Hey, still, it's pretty good. I, though. I still
1: indulge in the quesadilla <laughs> here and there. So, <laughs> Dude, you know. I, I, I'm pissed they got rid of the double decker supreme. Yeah. Oh man, it's, it's gone. Steak quesadilla is where it's at. <laughs> but um, no. But going back to that, it just. That connection to, and especially with my daughters, getting them out there, so I got them hooked on fishing this year, and uh, they they yeah. just I, I figured out the stock reports, and I got them, you know, the day after it, <laughs> day after they stocked, so cheated there. But getting the daughters no, it's involved, not, it's not cheating, man. Yeah. It's 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 working
0: the system. Yeah, that's but, what I call. It. But
1: knowing that, so they're they're hooked after they started catching and reeling their first in, but having that connection to know where your food comes from. Just everything, like anytime we eat the the you know the meal deer or the elk stuff like that, just knowing that you provided that meal, you know where it came from, where that meat's from, is huge, and it's more appreciative, right? You can make mm-hmm. you can make a great steak, you can make a great tacos, whatever from st- you know food you bought from the store, but when you know it's from the animal you harvested, it, it just tastes a little better, and you just oh, feel a little better, better about totally. it, right? I can we make we made like some. Elk hamburger helper, and I was like, you know, I don't care if it's hamburger helper, that's still elk in there. That, that we got, you know, and it tastes a little better. That's right? funny.
0: Nicole and I were just talking about hamburger helper the other day. We did that but the like, other day because yeah, we had some in there. With Sometimes, like, you can't you go, you know, when
1: we were poor, man, that's what we had. Hey, it's, yeah. hey yeah, shoot, man, we're getting old and we still like it, but it's, but even like that, <laughs> where you knowing that where that meat came from, it's like you appreciate it a little more. So, I, I'm like. It's it's funny you say it from that
0: perspective too because I I was I was texting my little brother last night because it was my birthday by the way everybody listening I, I turned four the big four three last night happy so, birthday Jim, uh thanks man but um so my brother and I were are texting back and forth and we get we get on this kick where, you know he lives he lives down in Utah and so uh, a lot of times he'll sit at his place drinking whiskey and I'll be sitting at my place drinking whiskey and we'll just give each other a hard time or whatever but he does not connect with bear hunting, right? And and he's got this thing where he's kinda giving me a hard time about bear hunting. And and I I, I it's it kind of comes from a place he doesn't understand it. And that's what a lot of people that um you know are are not tuned into this lifestyle if they don't understand it. They're there it's not like they're against it, but they they have questions and that's kinda how he is. And and so he's like he's like, man, you know, I like I like a good ribeye. I like a good steak. And and why would I eat a bear when I can go get a when I can just go to the grocery store and buy a stick, you know, right? But here's the thing that that dudes like that don't don't understand. I like a good ribeye too, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm I, we just we went out tonight. I had a I think that's what I ordered a ribeye, right? It was good, yeah, way good. And so so they're like th- that's what they don't understand is there's this holistic side to this whole lifestyle where man, I I, I love bear meat i I love elk meat i love i love uh venison in fact it 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 is i would say out of all the wild game um whitetail venison is probably right at the top of the list for me and and it's it's tough to beat but that doesn't mean that I don't like to go buy a ribeye you know and and cook a ribeye up and and um I don't really know where I was going with this man
1: I no, lost it. no 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 you know what i mean i, th- I think I you're saying like you can under- you can appreciate a good meal yeah but when you when it's something you've harvested then yeah, I feel like you appreciate it a little more. So, because I, I, I make sh- I make a point to, you know, for the girls every time we eat venison or elk or the turkey I got, mm-hmm. anything like that, or the fish, especially for the, like the fish, I'm like, hey, you girls helped catch this fish. Like, you guys helped provide dinner. Yeah, and I make it a point where uh, ribeye, it's great. I I love ribeyes too. You know, I'm, I'm a better griller than you, so I appreciate them probably. You a I always more. think that, you man. know. But, you always uh, think that, but we no, haven't but ever I, had
0: a real legitimate cook-off yet.
1: No, we should probably do that. But it, <laughs> but no, and they're great. I love it. But you don't have a, a connection to it. You don't have a backstory to it. Mm-hmm. Where every every time I make a meal, even if it's like I said, the simplest tacos or burger, whatever, I make yeah, sure that I point it out to the girls and say, hey, that's. That's that deer. That's that elk. That's that turkey, you know. And and you get to relive that hunt in your mind again. You get to you know enjoy all those memories again. Plus, you just feel better. Man. You just feel I don't better. know. I don't know what it is. It just like it fuels your body in a different way. Yeah. It's, I- it's
0: like even like a vegan can understand that. Like the a carrot that they grow in their yep. own garden. Uh, you've got to have more appreciation than the carrot you just bought at Costco. Uh, 100%. You know what I mean?
1: It, for real, yeah. Anyone that, that harvests their own stuff, you appreciate it. And, yeah. and it, you know, I'll make fun of vegans, but that, that's not that case. Like, yeah, you enjoy anything that you put any labor into it. You know, I'm like, oh, man, I remember I walked down aisle 12 and I got that ribeye, and I went and checked yeah, out. Yeah, like, man. You don't, you you don't made tell a, that. <laughs> you made a hell of a shot on that I, got, I was in there, that store in two <laughs> minutes, man. I got that fattest rib. You're like, <laughs> you don't talk about that.
0: Yeah, no, you you just don't. And so it's it's... The the connection, I don't know, as the connection to humanity as a hunter, I think is a lot deeper than people that have never had any connection whatsoever to it. You know, you you think about the people that live in some of these uh, urban and like my wife and I, we watch this show about lawyers Uh, They're in New York City. What's that? It's real popular suits. Yeah, that one suits Suits. and uh, the Harvey guy. Right. And we, we've been watching that. And I you think you, you look at somebody like that, like there's really people like that. They never leave these big cities. They never get into the backcountry and they're never somewhere where they are the only person for like a 50 square mile radius. Right. Think about where like if you're in downtown New York City on that show and the the thousands of people that are within a one mile square radius and and that never changes Versus somebody who gets out there and and they the, the closest living thing to them, you know, like insects and squirrels aside, are going to be black bear and elk and, and deer and these things that are wild that have never even seen a human. You're amongst them. So your connectivity to this world and just humanity in general is elevated to, because it's so rare anymore. It's such a rare thing. And I, I don't know if I feel bad for these people or if I pity them or I, I, I don't know what
1: it is, but that connection is missing to their soul. I, I would feel bad for them. Like, I didn't know that until I got it. And now it's, I think every, everyone would be better if they could experience that and they could appreciate mm-hmm. appreciate it more. It's good to get away from people and to get some silence. Yeah. Be by yourself. Yeah. Like, I like hunting with people and, and you know, getting it, my girls and my wife, we go out huckleberry picking morels and uh, hunting. But when you get out there by yourself, and you can just have quiet around you, or just nature around you, like I feel like everyone could go for a couple days like that. That's that's oh, nature's therapy, man. That some of these people get so overstimulated that they could use some some nature time. And yeah, I mean. Idaho's full, so they can't come here, but they can go to any all the other states. <laughs> no, Idaho's fun. They just can't come to no. Montana. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, now I would have said something different like six months. Yeah, ago. yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> right? But no, I, I agree with that, and it's just like the, I, I everyone should have that experience, man. Just because yeah. there's something different about it, it's getting away from the stimulation of yeah. life. And stimulation. People. There's, you know, out there.
0: There's, uh, w- with the exception of checking your mapping system. There's no cell phones. There's yeah. no. You're not on Facebook or Instagram. You're not, you're not getting calls from your job that might be, you know, just soul crushing or something. You know, it's just getting out of, getting out of that environment of man-made things. And, and there's something so uh, unauthentic about living that kind of life where you don't ever have that connection. And it—that's—I—I I don't know why I let that bother me, but sometimes it bothers me that I think people that live like that their whole life. So anyway, that's irrelevant to this conversation. No, but I it's, get real philosophical yeah. when I get to drinking, man.
1: I re, no, but that even even if you're not hunting, it's like we we've gone camping, you know, with you guys yeah. before and stuff. And that's something like really a, a lot of people could benefit from going away from a weekend or two a year and having their phone with no cell phone service to where yeah. they can't. They can't get emails they can't get phone calls they can't get any distractions and just like being out in nature or just you know being with friends in the cabin without any yeah. kind of internet you know that that's a big thing right now but um that's just another thing getting out like a side effect of like nature too we were talking about I was out earlier in September and uh looking for elk and got distracted because there was a bunch of Good huckleberries right there. And I, I took an hour to yeah, pick man. a nice little bag full of huckleberries, brought it back to my girls, and they made some pancakes the next weekend mm-hmm. with them. So that's, you don't have that unexpected uh, encounter in the city. You're not like, oh, I got yeah. distracted at work and I found a ribeye. Yeah. <laughs> you know?
0: And I'm not. <laughs> I, like that, and but. I, I want to make a point. I feel like I was listening to an episode I recorded like last year. And I was kind of, I was, kinda, I was kinda, it was, it was real similar to the, you know, the lines of what we're talking about now. And I, I don't want anybody to like misconceive what we're saying. It's not like living in a big city is what does that. It's the people that never leave the big city, exactly. right? Yeah. You know, there's no, there's no escape from that because there, let's face it, there are some badass hunters that live in like downtown Seattle, yeah. you know? Or or uh there's some badass hunters that live in Atlanta, Georgia, or, or uh Houston, Texas, and, and these places that but the difference is they escape. They 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 get
1: out of that grind and they they connect to these places that like what we're talking about and And I think a lot of people need to know like the opportunities that are out there. So when I lived in Vegas, yeah. like I just didn't know about it. All right. Like mm-hmm. I it wasn't brought to my attention. My my circle was you know, I went to school, I went to college. I was went to college in Las Vegas. So you know, we partied. And we did that, and I, I worked on the strip. So you, you know your your circles around there. I didn't know like oh they they had great mule deer hunting in Nevada that they have yeah. other opportunities to go hunt uh, up north, and, and you know go after some of these majestic animals and huge animals. Like I got a buddy now, Dave, that um, I went to college with, and we never talked about hunting back then. But he just got himself a nice mule deer, and I was like, yeah, man, that's Where that's at? awesome. Somewhere in northern Nevada, I don't know what unit he was oh, really? in. Um, yeah. but I was like, man, that's like, Dave. Yeah, Dave Weeks. Good job, buddy. Man, there's some there's a big ass mule deer. Yeah. in Nevada too. Well, by like the way. Remy Remy Warren's at you know he's from Nevada from the Reno area. Oh, is that where he's from? Yeah, huh. and it, his station's out there. And it's like, I had no idea. I, I went to Reno once as a kid and I didn't really remember anything about it. But yeah. things like that, just growing up in the city, it's like even if you're not a hunter but get to know that there are these opportunities to get out in, in, outside of the city. Yeah. Go fishing, go yeah. hiking, things like that. That's like, get out in nature, but it it wasn't brought to my attention. I didn't know about it. My wife didn't know about it until we moved up to the Northwest and it's a lot more prevalent up here. And then, yeah, it, and then it became yeah. more of a way of life. And once I took a couple of steps out in the woods, it kind of got hooked into me and, and, yeah, man. and you know, the rest is history. But in the city, sometimes people just don't know that those opportunities are a few hours away. What do you think like now that you
0: you've kind of adopted this lifestyle, right? And and now you're Oh, 100%. You you have been one of those people that I I, I saw you know, I I'll be honest, when you first moved here I thought, okay, you know, he's going to be into this hunting thing for a couple of years and maybe you know, it's it's not going to be of great interest to him because I've just known a lot of people like that. Not you, man. You 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 are like committed addicted and and really have embraced uh what what it is to be a hunter and a, and a true outdoorsman you like to experience everything like you said you you're catching what were those rainbow trout yep. off, off the dock and 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 it, everything that you experience now you killed a herd bull which we're going to talk about i want to tell the story yeah um what what surprised you the most as as you look back at the way your life has changed and what, what you do now. And, and like, what surprised you the most about being a hunter?
1: I know that's kind of, no, no. Yeah. It's it's kind of, it's a broad question, right? But it's kind of, um, how much there is out there, how much opportunity there is. And it's not set on one, one set thing, one set species. Cause like I said, i take my girls out and my wife, we go huckleberry picking. then we go morel hunting. And then I try to get them fishing. Hunting, you know, elk, deer, turkey. I got you know, a nice tom this year. Um, the, there's so much year-round that you can kind of go after, which is when you first get in, I was like, oh, you see hunting. Oh, big, big bull elk, you know, or big buck. That, that's hunting. And then you get more and more into it. And like, oh, there's so much you can do outside. You can literally do stuff outdoors all year. Which I love, like my girls know. Like if I'm not scouting, if I'm not hunting, there's times if I have free time, I like being out in the woods. I like taking the girls out, even we just going hiking, just being outdoors and mm-hmm. having that opportunity all year, especially where we're at, is amazing. And it's it just kind of keeps it in your lifestyle. It makes it a lifestyle, right? It's not just like hey, this, this a one week season or a. Uh, a super bowl type thing it's like no you can do something all year to be outside enjoy your nature provide for family that's the biggest thing that i didn't realize how encompassing it can be and mm-hmm. you can really i mean you guys like even just outdoors even if you're not hunting you can raise chickens like you guys do yeah or your neighbors have their their cows and you guys go get you know get the milk Dude, from the- it's like the deal of the century by
0: the way my wife worked that deal out yeah that's a nice deal there
1: the raw milk man it's a way to go Yeah. anyway but but it- that, go, that, ahead, go ahead. No, I was say that that's the kind of the biggest thing. At first, it was like with most people you think, oh, hunting, I'm gonna go get a nice trophy, da da da. Mm-hmm. And then you realize like that's not really what it's about. There's you can turn this into a lifestyle, and there's so much more than just mm-hmm. shooting one animal. There you could do stuff all year, and yeah. just any time in nature is, is time well spent for me. Yeah, you know, I never, I've never gone on hikes. Things like that i regretted there's times i was like that sucks right yeah man but (laughs) but i
0: regretted being a hunter packing your bowl out yeah no
1: but but any time (laughs) out out there is is time well i you know worst day hunting is still better than a lot of other things out there yeah
0: oh absolutely i couldn't agree more
1: that that's kind of the biggest thing for me is just realizing like how much it's it can take over your whole life how encompassing
0: it is is that what you're saying it's not it's not like you 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 put on some camo and go hunt for a few days and then and then you just life goes back to what yeah. it was before. It's like
1: an all year thing, and just everything yeah. that goes into it. Just like so, you know, me and you went out hunting last week and it rained and snowed on us all day. Yeah, and it sucked for hunting. But those days you still get to spend it with your family or your friends yeah. and you still get to make memories. Yeah, and like, hey man, remember that, that hunt that sucked? But you look back on it later, and it's still a good time. You're like, absolutely. Th- those are things that like, I, I think can get lost in translation. Like, oh man, I didn't see anything. It sucked. But if you look back later, I'm like, man, that I remember it that time. It was cu- time well spent. Yeah. I remember that I went home with my cousin or my brother, or whatever the case is, versus just, I sat at home and, you know, did nothing. So
0: I want to, I want to get to this story of, uh, this, this big ass bull you killed. Uh, let me let me just mention real quick to the listeners, guys. Uh, again, getting back to the sponsorship, guys. Um, there's a few things you need to you need to check out. Uh, if you are not on Tag Hub with Eastman's Hunting Journals, uh, you need to check it out. Go to Eastmans.com and click on the Tag Hub tag and investigate what it is. We're doing a big push right now, and there's a lot of really good specials to get involved with Tag Hub. So it kind of takes all the guesswork out of finding the right tag that, that'll that fit your budget and match you with your points that you have to, you know, whether you're hunting in-state or out-of-state or whatever, check it out at TagHub, uh, and that's at Eastmans.com. And the other one is uh, Silencer Central, man. This one surprised me. Silencer Central is an interesting whole setup of and a process because you have to have, like, um, your ATF, you know, paperwork and all this stuff to be able to put a suppressor on your rifle. But it surprises you what it does. It's not like how Hollywood portrays it. And anybody, anybody listening to this that has had a suppressor knows what I'm talking about. You know, Hollywood portrays it as it makes your rifle totally silent. It doesn't. It does It does quiet it down. It makes it so you could shoot without your ears ringing like crazy and all that kind of stuff. But what I like about it is, like, you, you could take a shot across a canyon on a mule deer, for example, and, and what it does is it disorients the sound. So, like, the deer doesn't know where that came from. So, it's not like they know exactly which direction to run away from the danger that they just heard. Should you, or or, or in the event that you maybe you missed the shot and you need to get another shot in, uh, uh, that deer's not going to, you know, know you just shot from the northwest and take off in the opposite direction. That's why you need to check out Silencer Central. And you can go to silencercentral.com and check out uh the i like the banish 30 it's what i'm i'm using on my savage uh it's a it's a great um attachment and, and especially for you predator hunters out there you need to get this suppressor put on uh because if you if you miss a coyote you know a running coyote or something it's not going to know where that shot come it came from and you're going to get a couple of the other opportunities to get a, get a get around in that dog so anyway check it out silencercentral.com uh, let them know the Western Huntsman sent you. I appreciate you guys uh, supporting our sponsors. They make this show possible. So with that, we are going to talk a little bit of elk hunting. All right, guys, we are back. We uh, took a little pee break. Um, so I'm back here with Andrew Tucker, and we are going to talk a little elk hunting. Before we get there, we were talking during the break there a little bit about you going back Going back to the conversation of like this barrier to entry that new hunters might have some misconception about and and might think that the, the barrier to entry is much greater than it is. So will you give people that are thinking about becoming a hunter as as like a lifestyle or, or, you know, it doesn't have to be a lifestyle. And I say this all the time, but it doesn't matter if somebody's just wanting to go deer hunting every once in a while or if they want to just like absorb their life into it like we do and and they they need some damn like authentic guidance from somebody who's done it yeah somebody who didn't grow up doing it right
1: yeah no so the biggest thing that that i learned this year or that that helped me out this year was not being afraid to try different techniques And, and what i mean by that is i used to always be you have to be up there before sunrise and stay down till sunset. Yeah. Which in theory is great. And that uh, I try to do the more time out in the woods, the more possibilities you can have, the more encounters you can, you can have. But this year, I mean, there's days where the way I kind of set my schedule up is I'd go hunt three or four days in a row and then I have to go back to work and they go back, hunt three or four days in a row. Not necessarily a weekend warrior, or even if you are a weekend warrior and you can get Friday, Saturday, Sunday off, It can get tiring, right? You're out there, you're hunting these woods, it gets tiring. And I would try to be up there, I'd get up at 3.30 to be out in the woods by 5 to get out there before the sun rises or start hiking in where the sun rises. Where we're at, it's grizzly country and there's times, you know, admittedly where I'm by myself, like, ah, I don't want to necessarily hike in where it's dark. Which, call me what you want. But... If call my,
0: call <laughs> me a pussy, but call me not getting attacked by a grizzly exactly, bear. <laughs> exactly, exactly, <laughs> exactly, yeah. man.
1: So that's where it's one. It's like, you know, if I'm with someone else and we hike in the dark, it's a little easier. If I know an area doesn't necessarily have them. But the biggest thing for me this year was to, to learn that it's okay to try different things. So there was days beginning of the season, it's hot, right? And where there's days where like, oh, we we, we should cool down. So I would go hunt hard Thursday and Friday and I'd wake up Saturday just tired as shit, you know? Uh-huh. And like, damn, like it's an easy day to be like, I don't necessarily want to go out or, Hey man, go out and go sit over a wallow over a day or for half a day. Like if you, if you don't have the energy to hunt all day, go sit over a wallow that, you know, they've been visited on. It's not as taxing on your body. Mm-hmm. You can kind of still put yourself in a position because I saw a damn good six point over a wallow. He he zigged when I wanted him to zag, and I didn't get a shot opportunity on him. But I knew that they had been there. Yeah, and I and the next another time I went there, I had a bunch of cows come and things went. I've I've consistently seen bulls, and I've seen some great. And you have
0: you have cameras on this wall, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's you, one of them. Is them I that do. the one you sent me that big ass bull that yeah. was coming in. Yeah, and early dude, morning? he came yeah. in.
1: He came in silent, and he zigged. Like I said, he zigged when he wanted him to zag, and I tried to chase him, and he he was just gone. But that was the thing that you know it's okay. If you're tired that you don't have to necessarily go hunt five miles. Like I, I appreciate, uh, Dan Satan elk shake, you know, he's he's a beast. I don't have his stamina. You know, yeah. I wish I did. I wish I did. I wish I could go. <laughs> Most of us don't. Yeah. <laughs> no, a lot of us don't. We're not Haynes. I wish we could be, but I'm not, Yeah. but it, you can't shoot him at home, but it's okay to like have a day. Like, Hey, I'm just going to sit over a wallow. And because I've had, I've seen uh bulls there. I've seen moose there. I've seen other things had opportunities almost arise or I've seen them there but it didn't quite work out. My biggest thing this year is learning like it's okay to try different things. The other thing is learning from you sometimes you don't have to start your day at sunrise. That one day that we went in our area which we'll, we'll talk about a little later, we started our hunt in the afternoon. And when yeah. it's it just uh, kind of a a mental break and it's also physically like hey instead of getting up at 7 30 i'm gonna get or at 3 30 i'm gonna get up at 7 30 and we'll go hunt that midday madness yeah that was a big thing that for me this year because i used to always chase sunrise and then you hunt hard or you you hike back for miles and then by 11 or 12 you're exhausted and it's easy to say oh they're bedded now i'm not gonna hear anything you know you can you can play that Mm -hmm. game on yourself
0: it's such the opposite man and it is and that's where
1: i didn't know that till this year There's times where I
0: I look at that, you know, from the perspective of especially the area and the regions that we hunt a lot, we know what the behavior of the elk are. So they're down low feeding all night, right? And then as soon as that sun starts coming up, they start heading up the mountain to where they're going to, you know, find their bedding area for the day. And what I found is you can't turn them around. When they're determined to get up the mountain to their, their bedding area, they are not going to hear your bugle and turn around and come and want to fight or get curious. No, they have a mission. They have to get there. And so, hunting that early morning has been the least successful for September elk or September elk. Pardon my stuttering. Uh, getting responses, getting encounters, getting all of that. So, I my favorite time, man, is like from ten to two. That's when those bulls they've been bedded they and they want to talk and they're and they're curious is all get out, and that's what we learned this year,
1: yeah, and that's one that when you're looking online, you're watching videos, everything says be there in the morning, yeah, which it can work right if you, if you, you know where get they're in at area where you're cutting them
0: off to their bedding area, yeah. it could be a great it but, could be a great, time. but if you
1: don't know that, like I didn't know that, yeah, it was like I'm getting out there, and you might hear a couple faint ones, but like you said, they're not turning around, they're not. They're and, not participating and, in that call. They're not going to come back.
0: Yes, and on that note, what what we need to clarify is this is going to be super regionally dependent. Yeah, this is North Idaho. What we're talking about, so we're talking about a damn jungle, thick woods. These the, you're not you're not glassing up a herd of elk down in a meadow first at first light that are turning around heading to their bedding area. Like you've seen a lot of these YouTube videos where they're 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 glassing them up. Yeah, well, maybe even the night before they're like, OK, these these this elk, this this herd of elk is coming down. They're going to hang in this meadow. They've got water. They've got feed, all this kind of stuff. They're going to put them to bed and they're going to hit them first thing in the morning. The differences is here. You're not glassing up shit there. Th- this is a canopied forest. So you don't know where they're spending the night at you don't know where they're feeding and, and then they so, get water everywhere yeah, and then get water anywhere there's not that this is not the desert there's springs everywhere so the the, the whole key is is you're not going to locate these bulls the day before or first thing in the morning and and try to follow them or cut them off what you have to what what i found works really well is just waiting and let them let them don't get out there at sunrise it, just
1: let them get to their spot then they, then they want to talk. Yeah, and, and a lot of experienced hunters are going to know that. right? So I'm going back to talking to the people like me that, that are learning it later on because I thought get out there early, put in the most time, the most hours. But there's there, there's something different. In like Instead of getting up at 3.30 and you're like, hey, I'm, I'm going to go out there. I'm going to wake up at 7.30 and I'm going to go. That can make a big difference if, you, if you're hunting three or four days in a row. That's like a couple times we went out. You can get exhausted, and that little, just that little mental break, physical break, especially if you're not catching them off. You know, you're not going to cut them off, walking to their bedding area. That's just something I would advise other like new hunters that try, try different tactics. Sit yeah. over a wall, especially early season when it's hot and they're not vocalizing. Sit over a wall. It may suck. Some people have patience for it. Some people don't. I've had cameras on certain wallows, and I can see them coming in consistently. So I'm like, "Hey, I, I know they're coming around here, so it, it may be worth a day." Where I'm exhausted, where you know y- it could be easy to tap out and say, "Hey, I'm just going to take the day off. I can do some work around the house, my honey do list, whatever." No, I get out there and just sit over a wall, or at least for the morning, or whatever the case is. That was the big thing I learned this year: was, was it's okay to try different tactics, especially if you haven't had success. Mm-hmm. Try different things. Start yeah. later. Stay out later. Hunt wallows or be quiet, do, you know. Just Throw try different tactics. Throw some
0: Hail Marys, man. Yeah,
1: just change your game plan, yeah. right? Like if it hasn't worked, try something different. Or if it, you know, if it's work, go for it. But that was a big one for me. Is like, man, there's days where I was just you hunt three or four days in a row, you get freaking tired. And oh like, yeah, man.
0: You, know, you get the mental burnout if you're not That's hearing elk too. Yeah, there's like a mental burnout
1: fees. And, and if you know, like, you get back home, but so the way that I do is kind of like a day hunt. So I come back home, get up early, go back out in the woods because I'm close proximity to get there but you're like man i can get an extra three hours of sleep and i'll just hunt hard tomorrow this way then and that's actually how it worked out in my yeah. hunt you know it yep. worked out better that i got some extra sleep and it started that midday madness is how it worked for me yeah midday madness man yeah uh
0: i want let's talk about this bull you got man mm-hmm. uh, so to kind of set the stage for for people listening there's uh andrew and i've been hunting uh this this unit in in north idaho uh, we know it well. I, yep. I would say we've hunted this area uh, many times. In fact, that's where old Broken Tines went down. Yep, and uh, the, it's a it's a it's a spot that like it's either really good or it's dead. Yep. There's no in between yep. up there. One hundred percent. You know, it's not like oh, you know, I heard a random bugle here and there or whatever. No, it's either dead or the bulls are freaking on fire, and and that's this kind of area. So, uh Again, for those of you listening, Andrew Andrew killed a a six point bull, and I was uh we were supposed to hunt together that day, and then uh, circumstantially one of us got inebriated the night before, and uh, was slightly hungover. Was that you or me? I, I don't
1: like. Well, it, I I was up on the mountains in the morning, late morning. Yeah, and 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 you weren't.
0: Oh, oh! So that was me. So we'll got just it. let the audience got decide. It, got it. Gotcha. Okay. So one of us was slightly inebriated the night before, and uh, I, so I'm like, ah, I'm not going to drive that far and go. You know, I'm going to hang out. Uh, but I ended up going and was was going to go haunt another area. And so Andrew and I both run. If you guys, if you guys are uh, in the market for like some kind of, and these guys are not a sponsor or anything, but we have these Zolio devices. And, uh, it's, it's, it's this little box that Bluetooth to your phone. And it's, it's like having the Garmin, you know, uh satellite phone or whatever we can, we can text each other. So I'm up, I'm up on one side of the unit hunting, uh, this, uh, this one side of the unit and, and Andrew's over on the other side where we'd been hunting uh, a couple of days before and heard some elk in there. Uh in fact we called in that cow that came and just poked her head around <laughs> yeah. the bush, remember her? She came a couple times. Yeah, yeah she get, she would not leave, man. And so um we are we're, we're kind of communicating and and I get up to this spot and I'm like, "Man, I just I don't feel great today. I'm just going to kind of go down this hill and see if cuz I'd had a bunch of uh, elk down there talking uh, the, like the week before. And all of a sudden I get this message from Andrew. Uh, "Man, I shot a bull. I haven't found him yet." Uh or something like that. Shot a bull. I haven't, you know, when, again, some of you new hunters listening, you, you you whack a bull with an arrow. You don't just go right after it and try to blood trail. You give it a good hour. Yeah. And um, anyways, so that's kind of where he was at. And, he, you know, your your texts were coming in. Um, I feel like it was a good shot. I, I, I think I think I, am, I feel good about it. I'm going to start trailing him. Take us back like an hour
1: before you started texting us and walk us through this hunt. Okay, well, well, actually, let me take you back a few days before that, when me and you had actually hunted that area, and I'm pretty sure it's the same bull that we had called. I am I am 99.9 percent sure
0: that is the same bull.
1: Yeah. So Jim and I had. Well, there was
0: like there was two bulls, but there was that that nasty bigger one, and then there was that young buckaroo yep. that was squealing, and this is the nasty bigger
1: one. Yeah. So the way we had started that day, and it was a, a later start, we started at like almost. Noon or one o'clock that day. No, I think it was like eleven. No, because you got lost on. <laughs> you did that. You tried oh, to I did a, get lost. You, no, I you went, didn't get I, lost. You tried to do a shortcut and the road was closed.
0: Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I got to it, our well, meeting spot. And no, Jim, I got lost. I went. It, it was a goddamn dead
1: end. Yeah, and, and then Jim and was like, around. "Oh, I'll be there in like an hour and a half." So I kind of, <laughs> I, I kind of went on as a like grass bad. hunt. But anyways, My bad, bro. Anyways, <laughs> we we did this hunt and we started off and it was midday madness. We we hiked back in and we got this bull bugling pretty quick. Uh, you know a hundred a couple hundred yards back in and jim and i we end up we just kind of him around these this finger ridge we thought we'd cut the distance and he would come in kind of hot and heavy but every time we would cut the distance he had actually moved on a couple hundred yards and like yeah, we end up just playing we chased him around this whole finger ridge around the whole little mountain there and then it got dark and we, and we backed out so i went back a few days later and yeah you you I was supposed to be there. You were supposed and, to be there and, and you wasn't. weren't, and it was like it's okay. Cool. So it I, but I I followed the same playbook at first. I got went back in there and he was the same kind of area. And he bugled back. And then I kind of just changed the playbook. Instead of trying to cut the distance, go in, I kind of went up and over. And I was like, Well, I'll get above him and I'll start calling. and in, in the elk at least in this unit, and kind of this area in general, in my experience, they come in quiet for me. Like they'll bugle and they'll have that conversation. But when they actually come in, it's quiet Mm -hmm. at least for me. And I anticipated and I anticipated that. So I got up, I kind of went up and over, tried to cut down and I, and I did a whole little cow calling party. I kind of scraped a little bit, you know, and brushing against the tree. And then, then I dropped down. I kind of figured they would be coming in and try to win me and, and coming from below. And sure enough, man, a little raghorn came in because I did that, and I dropped down 40, 50 yards. Little rag, oh, that's right. I forgot little, about this A little raghorn yeah, yeah, yeah. came in. A little, it was like a three-point, three-by-four three or so, and it came in and wasn't able to get a, a good shot opportunity on it. And it kind of buggered out when I tried to step out and get him. But I was like, all right. But I knew that wasn't the one that was bugling at us. I could tell it was the same bull from a couple days before with you. So I was like, all right, well, he left. I'm going to go back up a few hundred more yards. Did the same thing. Got him bugling. I did a bunch of cow calls up top. Raked against some trees. And then I went and I dropped down 50, 60 yards below. And I got set up in front of a tree. And then I start seeing this bull come in. And I'm looking. And I'm like, man, that's a good looking bull. And he kind of stops a couple hundred, uh, 150 yards away or so. And he's like raking against a little brush. And then he comes in. And he kind of he hits the little area that I want to shoot him at in between these two trees, but he's looking straight up, and I feel like he's looking right at me. So,
0: and and at that point, how close is he?
1: About forty yards.
0: Okay, because you had said he, he was one hundred and fifty yards when he first saw. Yeah, him. Yeah, when I first saw him, and then and he and came. He, and which is yeah. rare in North Idaho, guys. That you could see you do not see normally uh, one hundred and fifty yards. I, should, like I that. should
1: probably retract more like a hundred. Let okay. me retract. Well, that. Either you're way, right. you're right because it's still a hundred. About a hundred, yeah. and I saw him start raking against a little bush right there, and then he starts working his way in. And I'm looking at him I'm like, man, that's a, that's a good looking bull. And he keeps looking up to towards the top where I had been calling at, right? Mm-hmm. And then he gets to the shooting lane that I can, wanted. Can I ask
0: you something real yeah. quick? Uh, so, we, you said he kept looking up, yeah, towards where you had been calling. So, did you call and move down? Yep. Okay.
1: 100%. Yeah, because yeah, uh, the wind was coming behind part. me. It's kind of coming down and behind. And based off of that that cow that had winded us, she kept coming in, but she kept then she winded us a couple yep, times. she kept winding us. So yeah. I knew they were coming in quiet. So I, I, had rake, or I had called and raked up top, and then I dropped down, like kind of diagonally to my left, 40, 50 yards. That was a hot cow, by the way. Yeah, she, she wanted, she she wanted, wanted to find then, her daddy. You a good yeah, to man, her. Man,
0: she was like, ooh, daddy. <laughs> yeah. She, so, came, she came but,
1: back three times. You know, she smelled us. She, she was like, "Man!"
0: But I don't want. <laughs> I don't want anybody listening to uh, discount the point that was just made. Where if you are hunting solo, and and you get a response, you call it that elk. You call it that bull, and you move closer before you don't wait for you don't try to call the bull to you. Try to meet that bull, you know, roughly halfway. Yep. But but watch your wind. Make your call and
1: then move. And don't know where just you're going. stand there. Yeah, know where you're because going because where that raghorn came in. Excuse me. I was set up in front of the tree, but the way he came in was at a weird angle. I just didn't get a shot, like a good shot opportunity. And he kind of buggered out. With this bull, it was a little different area, a little further back on the ridge. But I dropped down. I saw him come in. But you know when they lo- they're they looking past you, they're looking up at the top, but it, it feels oh, yeah. like they're looking right at you. Yeah, it, it, like they're, your soul oh fills my their gosh. eyeballs. I felt like he was <laughs> looking right through yeah. me, and I was like, damn. Yeah, yeah. But it was so cool, though, right? But he took a couple... So it, that that shooting lane is between two big pine trees there. And, and, and you're back to where, where we're talking where you're 40 yards. Yeah, well, about okay. 40 yards. Okay. He takes two more steps, and I'm like, all right, and then there's another tree right there, so he's kind of obstructed. I'm like, all right, if he keeps coming this way, I'll try to pull back and get a shot at, at a different angle. But he took two more steps. He looked up. He didn't see anything that he was looking for. He turned back around. And at that point, I hadn't drawn back or anything, and I saw it, and I was like, well, you know, it's kind of now or never. He's about to come back into my shooting lane. So I drew back, and he walked back into that shooting lane, and it was – is that I. I measured it later. It was 38 yards, but I had him pinned at 40. Uh-huh. And it was just a quick quick reaction. He stepped down, I put it right behind his shoulder. And uh I was able to hit him with a good shot. And got him That went down the wrong tube. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> it's all good, man. That's uh that's that's kind of what the elk did after I shot him. He kind of
0: just <laughs> Well, I it was funny cuz you said that and I I was taking a sip and I was thinking, man, like you, you nailed it, you drilled him right in the sizzle, man. I, like it had it, the, the, the the bubbles coming out of the dude. hole, everything. It was it was like this and it makes perfect sense the way you're describing it, because you're downhill.
1: Yep.
0: Right so yeah, I'm and above that's, him. That's where I was I took that sip and I gagged on that. Sorry about that, folks. Uh I'm I'm only human. I'm only human. Keep that in mind. Anyway, uh you're downhill, you got him pinned at forty yards. He's thirty eight. That arrow goes slightly low, but perfect.
1: Yeah, right to him, man. I mean,
0: right in the sizzle, man. I got the. I, I in fact, I think I posted a picture of of that. Yeah, that you got puncture the bubbles on it too. On the bubbles. Yeah, that's what you want.
1: Yep. So that was one, and I hit him, and he ran off, and I actually. So at that point, I had a um, one of those little net gators that kind of cover up your nose and everything to camouflage from from scree. And I had that before, and at that point, my my mouth, my my reed had fallen out of my mouth, and he he took off. So I tried, to, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I'm doing little mouth calls, yeah, yeah, trying to get it to stop. And it's funny because he went a little further, and within like about a less than a minute, I hear some coughing from him. I wasn't sure it wasn't like a. Um, He wasn't checking me or anything. It wasn't like a grunt or or it wasn't like a bark, but it was it was a cough and it was just kind of consistent. It was, you know, six or seven in a row. And I thought I was like, oh, he might have just died right there. But then right after I'd done that call, a cow came up above me, too. She was looking down at me and I was like, oh, Oh, really? Sorry, I just killed your little boyfriend. But yeah, (laughs) but she, she was looking at me, but right after that. And I texted you and I said, I just shot this bull. It started raining and, oh, and yeah, it started yeah. coming down. And I was like, damn, like I don't want to bump this bull because we've been in that predicament in that yes, same area have. before oh, Yeah, Oh where you bumped the one and it ran a mile. Yeah. And I was yep. like, well, that's, I don't want to do that. So I waited painfully. I waited for about an hour and then I went down there and then I could smell it still. And it kind of, For the first 20, 30 yards, I didn't see any blood. So that's something for other people that haven't blood trailed before. Look at everything. Look at every little leaf. And especially at this time of year, those leaves start turning. Mm -hmm. And there's like that brown, reddish color that looks like blood on every damn leaf. And I went and so funny enough, I texted you that I shot that bull. I told you everything that happened. My wife's sitting, you know, 10 feet away from me. I didn't say anything to her because I didn't want to. Not get it, you know. So yeah, yeah. I waited till I found that bull before I texted her <laughs> because I didn't want to like, oh, I got us a bull, and oh, no, never mind. We're going back to McDonald's. <laughs> so I didn't say anything. <laughs> Cut the coupons out for the steak ads at yep, alberton's Where's that ground beef coupon? <laughs> Ten cents off. Yeah, yeah. But uh,
0: so I well, wait, <laughs> and you had been texting me. I have been texting and, you, and you're like, I hit him, and then you were like, I. Feel I feel good about the shot, but I'm waiting at that point, And it, then you're like, I "Oh, I'm it. nervous. It's raining." And then you you sent me the text where it's like he sounded like he was coughing, and I'm like, "Oh, he's dead." You told me, but not, the, not to sound like
1: Paul Medell. But I was like, "That's a that's that's dead, dead bull." Bowl. Bowl. Yeah, a dead. But the bowl. thing was, was our text because I was out of service and you were out of service. You didn't get my text till like two hours later. I like, know some of them. They were so out of order, but I was like, "All right," so I waited an hour. I went down there and I, and I was looking at everything and then I found some blood. I found a little drop and I was, I was worried for people that haven't, you know, tracked in in rain. I was super nervous, but that blood was still on there. Pretty good. Try to keep that mic right in front of you right there. There Okay. Yep. Yep. I I was worried about that, that blood just getting washed away. I've never tracked in the, you know, in the rain like that, but surprisingly it held up pretty well. Yeah. Um, and I slowly started getting a little more, a little more, and I tracked it. And then with by the time I started, and I was taking photos of it, and I was marking my, my, loc- my location on, on, on X, you know, so in case I had to come back, about 10 minutes from when I started tracking it to where I found it, and it was 70 yards. So, I mean, if I had been a little oh, more man. experienced, I probably could have just walked up to it in, in a few minutes, right? But... I was real meticulous. So I mean, it,
0: ten minutes ain't bad, man. No,
1: but I'm just anyone that hasn't, you know, blood trailed or anything like that. Take your time, mark your location, especially if you have Onyx or um, any of the other tracking applications out there. Just yeah, make notes so you can follow that pattern in case you have to back out. Especially if it's at nighttime, that's something to be aware of. So you can mark your last blood spotting that you had saw, and if you have to come back the next day, you can, you know, don't overlook that stuff because yeah mine luckily it worked out but we've had some for you where we've gone back for animals the next day yeah and you you've marked it where hey this is the last spot i saw blood and then we were able to re-pick up the trail mm-hmm. yep so again talking to new hunters experienced people that you know it's this all Yeah, new, I, I
0: i'd love to at some point and i don't know i think i let, let me know what you guys think at, like jim at the western huntsman.com shoot me an email if this would be adventures but I, i'd love to do like an episode on just tracking and and the nuances of tracking, but anyway, that's yeah. that's that's beside the point.
1: So, yeah, I track him, and I finally turn that corner, and I see him sitting down there, and just kind of like a little di- disbelief, like
0: you, you saw like the antlers. Yeah, in, turn uh, around, in a, in a, a big, big old antlers,
1: and he's laying down. What what was that feeling like? It was it was still like disbelief. It was like is he actually is he down? He's he's done. Like I knew he was down. He was dead, but I couldn't quite believe it yet because mm-hmm. this is year so hard bow hunting for four or five years straight. I think the first year or two I went out a couple times in the weekends weekend warrior maybe yeah. three or four times yeah. in the whole season but like really hunting hard the last three or four years or four or five give or take. Yeah. So that was kind of looking at it like he's actually I, I did it like he's down threw a little stick over there to make sure he didn't jump up and <laughs> you know, surprise the shit at me. You're like spearing him. (laughs) Yeah. Right. So uh, he's like, he's down. So I get up there and it's just kind of a disbelief. Like, yeah. So I texted you. I was like, dude, I got him. And at this point, our text messages still aren't working together. And that's when I texted right away. Then I texted my wife. I was like, Hey, I got him. He's down. Mm -hmm. And then later her, she's like, do you see him? And I was like, yeah, I'm starting to, you know, quarter him right now. (laughs) Like he's down. But it's just for the first series like 15, 20 minutes. I'm just like, damn, this happened. I'm looking, I'm admiring yeah. him, just thankful for him. Just everything, just trying to process years in the making. And that's where a lot of people, you say they, they quit early. Mm-hmm. They, they have a shitty season or two. This sucks. It's hard. Doesn't I don't want to do it. They give up on it. You don't understand. Like when, if you power through that, that reward is so much better. Like some people, you get lucky. You get the opening day success. You don't understand the struggle with it. And good for them. I don't I don't no ill will. Yeah, towards and them. and it's
0: that luck is is like less than one percent
1: of hunters. Yeah. It, yeah like but m- anything most, in life. Mostly it's it's a lot of work. But kind of anything in life. You work hard for something for years and you, and it happens, you're just like trying to soak it in. Like it, there there's not a whole lot of words you could say. You're just like kind of mm-hmm. dumbstruck, like this this did it happen? Did it happen? Let me pinch myself. It's real. Yeah. And just seeing that, I was like, "Damn, this is great!" And then after about twenty minutes, I was like, "Well, shit, I got a lot of work to do now." <laughs> what what time what, what time of day was it when you like actually
0: saw two o'clock? You, right, that's two when o'clock. you, you so I shot him right about one. Okay, I'm just I'm doing the math in my head because what what was what was funny is you you're like okay, bull down, I found him, uh, and and I'm like right on, man, I'm on my way because I knew where you were at. Yeah. I'm like, I'm on my way, you but know. But those were hours in between And texts. then like, yeah. And then all of a sudden I get a series of texts from you like, hey, could you come help me? Hey, man, I'll, I'll buy you a bottle of whiskey if you come because help me pack it, this bowl. It was, it was so and I'm weird. like already on my way. It was, was so like weird, two weird how hours quick
1: away. those, those texts. So when I text my wife and she's, she's working, she's, you know, in town, yeah, yeah. she gets those texts kind of right away and she mm-hmm. texts back. But you and I were both out of service. And just full disclosure, like with the you know these Zolios or the Garbins, you got to have some service. My ass is like holding it to the sky, like I'm like Hercules, like holding something up. Yeah, you got to like, I'm like, get some have service. You the satellites, send it out, man. But but yeah. where you're at, you know, if you don't get it right away, so it became real, um, you know, discombobled on that. Like yeah. where I'd send you something, and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, how is it? And I and I'd already sent you a text like an hour before, like, hey, I'm 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 standing over him. And you're like, oh, did you find him? I'm like, well, shit, I sent you like two hours ago that I found. <laughs> so it was just kind of, that happens when you're that both happens. out of service, Wait, right? If
0: you're both out of service. It's, it's super quick. Like, Nicole
1: and I will have a conversation, like it, almost
0: normal yeah, texting. Yeah, if someone's if, in if there. she's in service. Which,
1: yeah. that, that's no knock to Zolio. I still, I love the Zolios and I'd still recommend it. But if, if both people had a cell phone service, it, it can't happen, right? You know? Maybe Zolio will sponsor you, dude. You know, maybe. We, you should, know? we should hit him up. I wonder if I name the bowl Zolio. Oh, went. see, that's Wolf. and that's a hell of a name for a bull. That's, that's a pretty good Because he was maybe. kind of a Zolio type bull, yeah, you know, he you know big old, big old bastard. But yeah. But Darn anyways, me. so so I shot him at one, found him at two. Well, a little after two. Right? It took about 10 minutes after I started. Mm-hmm. And I texted you. And after we kind of figured that out, I, I made something to eat. And I was like, well, I better eat something real quick before I start this because it's going to be a process. And, and like I said, it had been raining that day. And it was like, all right, let me get mm-hmm. to work. And you're like, hey, I'm on the way. It's cool. I'll start quartering him out. So I, I quarter up half of him, and then uh, it was real st- kind of a steep slope, and I realized that yeah. I could not turn his ass over. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I had some paracord in my pack before, and I ended up taking it out before for my daughter's birthday. and For a pinata. For a pinata. Yep, I remember. And then, I was there um, for that pinata. I forgot to put that back in my pack, so if you're going <laughs> out, make sure you have that. I cannot flip him over. It, the way it was – Maybe I'm just a little bitch, but I couldn't flip him over. And I'm not a yeah, weak dude. No, you're, you're definitely I, a little I'm definitely bitch. a little bitch. Yeah. But, you know, I'm kind of strong <laughs> a little bit, but I could not flip him over. So when you came, I was like, hey, man, we got to flip this guy over. And then we flipped him over, and we finished quartering him out. And we got it just quartered out right as the sun set. Yeah. It was just getting dark. Just yeah. getting dark. And, like, the last little bit, we were, we were getting, you know, the last little back straps cutting off the head. And, you know, I was trying to, I caped him out, which if you've ever caped out and out for a mount, do some, some research on that, watch some videos, because that that was kind of a pain in the ass. Um, So that finally finished. What was that? A little after seven, give or take. Yeah. And it started getting dark. And we're like, all right, let's let's figure out this pack out session. So then we started doing that, and that that took a long night.
0: That was it was a-, a long, and I knew it was going to be a long night. But you know what did it for for like where you shot the elk? If 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 it was like a rifle kind of thing, and they just drop right there, yeah. it would have been perfect. Uh huh. You know, it'd been the easiest pack out ever. But he fucking went over that damn and downhill, that crazy ledge, and it was super. The first I don't know eighty yards of that pack out.
1: Was like almost straight up. It was so, so bad, and it was slick. and it was wet, slick. And, and the and whole time it was, time just it was like, raining. Oh and it, god! It was raining on <laughs> us, and it started hailing on us. And it was just, it was just dumb. Yeah, it was. It, it was just get dumb. dumb. That's a good
0: way to put it. I remember. I'm like, God, man, why did you have to kill an elk when I'm all hungover? I can't. Yeah. I
1: can't pack a bowl out right now. And the, and the <laughs> other thing is, like, we were trying to figure out how to. We were trying to figure out how to minimize, the packs mm-hmm and that was just a learning lesson there too because we are like man we're, we you know it was like a mile or so from the truck and we tried to like oh let's let's each throw a quarter on and maybe we can move the head a little bit but then it was just so awkward that it was, it was just, just
0: it was an awkward deal and i think that like by the time we got to the point where it was trying to because you always just rule of thumb a lot of you
1: new guys you know get the meat out and then get the head well and the and, other thing well hold on let me cut go you ahead, go ahead go ahead we're also in grizzly country, and it's nighttime. Yeah. So our big thing was like, let's try to get everything away from the carcass, at least yep. a couple hundred yards. So that was a thing that we're like, all right, let's each throw a quarter on their back, and maybe we can move the head a little bit, and then we'll come back for other quarters. And it just got weird. But that is something to be aware of, especially if you're solo hunting. That's something to be aware of, too, because like, it's it's kind of sketchy. Right. Like if you're in the country, sketchy, if I'm yeah. with someone else, I feel a whole lot better, whether it's you or other people I hunt with. Yeah. If you're with someone else, you, you can feel a little more confident. You're still always aware and, and, you know, leery of it. But if you're by yourself, that's something to really be cognizant of. Like, yeah, get that meat away from that carcass. Yeah. As much there's... as you can. So we ended up leapfrogging a lot of that shit. Yeah, so, especially up
0: that first, that first uh, couple hundred lows, yards, yeah.
1: the, that steep part. I'm going to sneeze. No. So we end up leapfrogging a lot of it up Excuse those me. first couple hundred yards to get it up onto the top of the mountain to where it's a little more stable and away from the carcass. Because at that Plus, point, where
0: the carcass was, there was all that dark
1: brush just below it. And you couldn't see it. And below it's like, yeah.
0: man, there could be a grizz just hanging right there. So, so that,
1: yeah, that's something we were aware of. It's like, hey, let, let's get all this meat at least away from here. And then we come back because if we come back and the grizzlies are in the carcass on the carcass, and we're a few hundred yards away, then less likely to have an encounter.
0: Yeah, I'd be fine with that. I just don't want to. Yeah.
1: So that's on And and if you're hunting in other states, you don't have to worry about it. Th- then don't worry about it. But if you're coming to Montana or Idaho, you know, uh, Washington in certain areas, things like that, something to be Wyoming, worth. Wyoming, uh, yeah, you Wyoming. Know,
0: and and where we're hunting is not like you know, it's not like Cody, Wyoming, where there's grizzlies around every corner. But there's enough that. It's pretty nerve wracking, and um, I don't know. I, you, I just
1: that's something we were aware of. So we were, were trying. Yeah. We were trying to move as quickly as we could, which wasn't necessarily as efficiently as we could. So it, we had, no, we, it wasn't. We man. we, 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 we like learned we, we, we did
0: not attach that head to your pack the so, right way. Dude. No, it was all sorts. Well, of even fucked at up. then,
1: at the end, it's like we had to wait. Like, let's go move these quarters, then come back for the head, and then yeah, do that. It's one of those things. Another thing. You know, make sure you know how your pack works, <laughs> so that you yeah. can attach an elk head in there. <laughs> because yeah. that that turned into a shit show, but we got him out and everything
0: was great. I think a lot of that what I was what I was getting at is it turned into a shit show because by this point it's two three in the morning, and you're exhausted. we were just mentally exhausted, and and, and, and people yeah. anybody listening, you know, we we're we're just past a mile from the actual truck, but keep in mind this is not like a mile in town or a mile in uh, other areas that I've hunted. North Idaho is just, I, I don't care. People can roll their eyes all they want. North Idaho is fucking rough country. It is. I mean, it's it, just no. tough ass country. If, if it's you're on the slick, Oregon coast, then, y- then they, yeah.
1: they, can, they, can, they can make a claim for yes. it. But other than that, like, there's North, not a whole lot. It's just
0: North Idaho is
1: a different kind of it, place. And, it's, and the whole time, the whole time we're packing this out, it's raining and then it turned to hail mm-hmm. and we're exhausted, you know? You're hungover. I'm exhausted. You know, we're both exhausted. <laughs> but it just it, but, it was a shit show. But but it was worth when you it. got when you got when you got back to the truck with the last load. Was yeah. it worth it? Oh, 100 yeah. There's exactly. no words cuz even that those last few steps, like that the way that it was shifting is like, man, it it was a pain in the ass. It was like, let's just get back to the truck.
0: Yeah, exactly. And at that point
1: man. I didn't get back home. I got back home at like 4:30 in the morning, and then I took a quick shower because I stunk like death. And then my girls <laughs> and my wife woke up about an hour after that. So, but it was and, cool. And we got to
0: give a let's give a shout out to uh, Mike Edgehouse over at CutRight Mobile, oh, Mike, because
1: he took care of your bowl after that. He, he, he did. Took care of the he meat came and, in clutch. Yeah, and, and oh man, I just. I'm looking at his recipes. I made a asaboko. That was Mike, so good, Mike.
0: You, you, sexy beast. You, yeah. you did a hell of a job on all that. He did,
1: Mike. Mike, Mike, solid. Yes, so, and yep. he's actually might be moving my neck in the woods soon too. Is he? Yeah, that'd well, be kind of nice. Oh, I go good. bug him.
0: I don't. I don't live down there anymore, so I, he yeah. didn't need my permission. He'd mess around,
1: <laughs> but no, it was so worth it. And like, just everything that whole hunt, and just in between those taking different quarters out mm-hmm. We're we had to get back in the truck, kind of warm up a oh, little man. bit. We like kinda, that was cold for September, dude, was, man. That's was, rare. Well, so, and, and, you know, for the listeners out there, that was my second to last day hunting for that season because the season ended on the 30th, uh-huh. I got them on the 28th, but I, I knew I had to work on the 30th I had to work. Oh yeah, yeah. That's right. So that was my second to last day. And, and, you know, not to put you on blast Jim, But when we woke up that morning, we had plans to hunt, and you texted me, like, hey, I'm not going to be able to make it. And I, you know, still Mm -hmm. go out there. Don't let other people derail your shit. You came in clutch at the end, which is all that mattered to me. So, but I'm not, this isn't like a put you down. This is let people know that, hey, even if your buddies can't go or you don't feel well or whatever the case is, if you're down to the wire, Get your ass out in the woods and try it. Get on a mountain, man. You know. And there's been plenty of years where you tell me like, "Hey, get out there." You know. I'm like, "Man, I'm hurting. You you better get out there cuz you're going to regret not going." Yeah. So that's another thing for the especially for newer hunters like get out there. The more times you're out in the woods, the more times you have a opportunity for success. It yeah. only it yeah, exactly. only takes one
0: my wife and I had a unique situation where we were celebrating the fact we'd we'd sold our property. Yeah, and I, I didn't and, blame you at all. And we probably it. went a little far, but the thing the the real key message here is: friends don't make friends. Help them pack elk when they're hungover.
1: Let's, no, you know, but that's but, but cousins can. It's okay. Oh, if you are gotcha, family, if you are married you're family, to my cousin, so you gotta fucking do it. Huh? So. Uh, <laughs> but that that's another thing that we're just like. There is days that you don't feel like going, and, and you anyone that hunts seriously. Is a lot, you know, they're in these other groups and you see these posts all the time. Mm-hmm. And it's great to see, like, oh, opening morning, my hunt's already done, da da da. But you see a lot of posts that were like, I didn't feel like going out today, but I went out and luckily I came across this guy. Yep. yep. And that can happen. That's usually what happens. And that's it's where. It's
0: the days you don't. Your, your your motivation level is is a little bit depleted. Yeah, you're wore out. It's been a long hunt, and it's like, man, I, I, it's so tempting to just stay home, get these blisters healed up, and and eat normal food and and not freeze and, and you know. But that's it's the times when you least expect it is when something happens. Yeah,
1: and on that, let me let me touch base real quick with that because obviously, guys. I, I'm a I'm a newer hunter. I'm not accomplished. Jim's killed, you know, ten times, thirty times. The well, amount it's not, it's, I not I it's not irrelevant. No, it's, it's irrelevant. No, but going back to this is be prepared for your opportunity. So I I shot my bow a shit ton throughout the year, and I practice different areas. That you know, I'm not uh, again. I'm not a Dan Satan. I'm not a Cam Haynes. I'm not these other guys that are. Or a Joe Rogan that's like I can shoot ninety yards out consistently. He practices on a
0: Tesla. <laughs> yeah, I, no. I saw that.
1: So you know, I, I where I shoot out, I'm, I can be kind of consistent, it's like you know, fifty yards because I don't normally get an opportunity like that. But practice different things so that you can feel comfortable when your opportunity arises, because it's so quick on how the difference between an opportunity made versus missed. Comes And like, so I had other bulls where it only takes them to to take a step or two one way or to not to where you have an opportunity. It only takes, you know, a millisecond for them to come out in, in your angle to where you can actually shoot them or where you don't be prepared for that. How different was it
0: from like, you've been hunting elk for long enough that you're like any other human, that you have this vision, you you have this, this, uh, thing play out in your mind as to how it's going to happen, right? This, I'm going to be calling, this bull's going to come screaming, his eyes are going to roll back in his head, he's going to be spitting shit and ass all over the place, and he's going to be this big pissed off bull, and he's going to give me a perfect broadside shot at 22 yards. Like, how different is it from how it happened versus how it plays out played out in your mind for the last few years?
1: 180% different from that. 180 degrees different. So. You would tell me all these times, oh, I got this bull pissed off. Yeah, yeah. But does, they don't always give you the opportunity. Does, does it doesn't even, even happen a me. I don't, <laughs> get, I don't even get bulls like that in front of me. And, huh. and, yeah. You never had a pissed off bull? No, like, like not just, like that. Like, not pissed off close enough that I can see them. I get them, like, I can bugle. They can bugle away. And I'm like, oh, he's fired up. He knows he's there. But even then, like, I wait, you know, a year or two without hearing shit. Like, I can hear far off ones, but never anything close. And then at that point, I'm like, oh, is that, a, is that a human? So that's where my point is, like, be prepared for that. Because this bull, I had, I've had, i had enough experience where I know they come in, come in quietly. So that was what I was expecting. Yeah. And the first couple of years, if I was just like, oh, he's going to come in pissed off, did not happen. And I was able to, that's where I want to talk to people, like, be able to draw your bow back and shoot quickly and be able to draw your bow back and hold that shit for two minutes yeah. before you get an opportunity. At least two because minutes. Because yeah. they come yeah. in and they'll take a step and they'll wait 30 seconds to take another step and then they'll well, wait I'll, another 30 seconds to I'll take a step. I'll give you another one.
0: If, if a bull does come in
1: and and you know that he's kind of
0: got somewhat of a bead on you and you haven't drawn your bow back, don't not draw your bow because you're afraid you're going to get busted. Because I can't tell you how many times I've done that, and
1: the the bull is just like, "Huh, what is that?" Yeah, just draw your bow. So, and that that's can, can I give a shout out to um to Cody Rich? Yeah, Cody man, he's Cody, a great. Guy. So I listened to his course. He's got his two hundred one, and he has a rule. It's the ninety nine one rule, and I'm probably gonna butcher it. and You can go listen to his own course. It was like ninety percent be aggressive. 9% be cautious, and then that 1%, you just got to kind of fucking roll with it. And yeah. and it's like, that's where I've had mistakes where it's like, you can be too cautious, especially with elk. Like, it's hard, especially if you're a new hunter and you haven't done it. It's okay to make noise. It's okay to be aggressive. There's a huge difference it, between whitetail and elk it's and what you can get away like, with. Like, pull, draw difference. my bow back, and the bull's kind of like right there and kind of looking at me, and he doesn't quite see it, which you would think, like... Or it's like a newer hunter. You'd be like, oh, he's going to see me do this. But he doesn't. Right? It's, it's the stuff like if you guys have ever had a
0: whitetail coming in and and you try that, that whitetail is going to be three zip codes away by the time you draw your bow. That's not the case with elk. No, no. It's so like not, a whitetail, you give mean,
1: like a silent fart and they're gone. I mean, <laughs> you
0: even think about drawing your bow. Yeah. The whitetail will read your mind, especially for some of you guys in the Midwest, you know, that are used to hunting whitetail and you're coming out west for the first time to hunt an elk. You'd be surprised what you can get away with in front of them. That's yeah. not to be. That's not to say you know, uh, be an idiot and 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 not you know throw caution to the wind and and not worry about it. But it, it's those. It's like what Andrew was saying. You got to practice for those times when it's time to draw that bow. Right. You got to You got to really time that right. That that bull. His eyes are behind a tree. His eyes are in the brush, or maybe he puts his head down or he's raking some brush. That's the time to draw your bow. But if for some reason, circumstantially, it doesn't happen that way, and that bull, he's, like, just burning holes in you with his eye, and and you know at any moment he's not going to see what he wants to see and he's going to turn around and bolt, it's time to draw that bull, or er, draw that bull, draw the bow, and uh, let him have it, because you'd be surprised how many times he'll just stand there and, and just out of sheer curiosity just stare at you. Like, what the hell was that? He's drawing his bow. They don't you know, it's it's an amazing thing and so I I, I only say that because I've had a lot, an, enough whitetail now to know that I, I understand why some people are so cautious. Elk are not whitetail.
1: No, and that's where my where I was going with it is just practice different scenarios and I kinda got that to like some of the Remy stuff, like hey, practice different shot angles, shoot from your knees, shoot from different mm-hmm. things. But the one is the one that I try to focus on is one, it's holding back as long as you can and still make a good shot. So start holding your bow back 30 seconds, then a minute or give or take, and you know, make a good shot. And the other one is being able to pull back and make a good shot within a, like a two, three second time yeah. span and get where you feel comfortable with it, you know? So yeah. don't make a bad shot. But if you practice that scenario over and over, you'll feel a little more comfortable in the field yeah. because it's crazy when they're looking at you, you like you, you kind of, you can freeze up or you got to just be aware of what's going on. So yeah. That that was a big lesson for me. It was like, man, it, it happened quick. And that's a big thing. If I waited five more seconds, I go through the rest of the season saying, Hey, uh, oh, I saw a couple bulls. Yeah. Versus, hey, I got a six point down, I had a great season, and my freezer's full. Yep. So be prepared. That opportunity comes so quick. And if you can't capture it, then you know, learn from it. But try to be ready for that in the next season.
0: Yeah. I I think that's sound advice. For a lot of new hunters out there. Yeah, man. And I hope that this conversation has helped. I, I know I know, we're drinking whiskey on this show, but this, uh, this stuff, does, that does not negate or take away from the fact that it's super relevant, especially for a lot of you guys that are just getting into this stuff, man. Don't be afraid. Just get out there. Get you a tag. Don't drop two grand and then get burned out in two seasons. Go get you a tag. Start building up your gear and get out there in the field and start getting encounters and start seeing deer and start seeing elk. Chase bears, bears, man, bears will teach you all sorts of shit that these other animals don't. That apply to the other animals. Uh, I, I'm a huge bear hunting fan, um, but you know this this kind of stuff. You know, Andrew, uh, I, I could tell you right now, um, the guy sitting across from me when when I first met him, I never thought in a million years he would kill a bow or a bull with a with a bow. I never thought. A, I didn't think he had that desire. Right, and I, it's weird. I'm looking at you, and I'm saying to you like you're
1: th- you know this like this is y- you're not here. You thought I was going to be a model.
0: I thought you were going to be like you like know a, like a
1: like a male swimsuit model like super, yeah something man super something mo- with this physique
0: yeah with that with that
1: <laughs> Greek god body of yours five like, you know, seven body <laughs> something
0: something just but no, I didn't I didn't you didn't strike me as a type who was going to you know get uh enthusiastic about hunting and and
1: uh and be killing bulls no I was, um, I, was I was gambling in Las Vegas at that time yeah
0: yeah <laughs> man and and that's okay you're uh it, it's it's but what I'm saying is it it's just this it, it's been a great experience from my end to see somebody transition from uh the lifestyle and and the like some of the mindsets and the and that um Naivete that you had on woodsmanship and yeah. hunting and and camouflage and you know uh, bows and shooting guns and all this stuff. It, it like this. This was all like such a foreign thing to you, and and you like latched onto it. You became like this one of the most passionate hunters I know, and you have been able to breed success out of this passion, and and it came by. Like the what what is that saying they use? You know, I didn't go to school; I went to the University of Hard Knocks. That's kind of oh, yeah. like you through through hunting, and it's that's, that's how it is for anybody that takes hunting serious. Everybody goes through the school of hard knocks when it comes to hunting. It's not it, there is no easy button. Button, there's no there's no cheat code, right? And and you just but you you kept grinding it out. Um, and I, I you know, I even hate using that term. I, I feel like the the term grinding is is being overused lately you not, literally yeah. were grinding it yeah. out not like just on instagram hey i was grinding now no. fuck th- th- like it was serious shit and, and and here you are
1: yeah no i appreciate that man and, and it and it is true it's it's one of those things that i mean i know my limitations i know what i am when i started you hear that cliche a lot too. If I can do it, anybody can do it. But if you guys knew me, <laughs> if you knew yeah. me like seven, eight years ago, you would believe it on this in the in this case. And part of it yeah. is just you know determination, but the other thing is just like just getting out there and enjoying it, man. That was the big thing. Is like if you're only looking for a quick success, it's not going to happen. I mean, it, it can happen for some people, but enjoy what the hell you're experiencing out there. Yeah. You know especially where I came from a, a, in the desert and I get to come up here to North Idaho woods and I move out here and I get to experience all this. It's way I, different, right? I appreciate the beauty of it. Like I get my own therapy through there. I can, you know, I can connect to, you know, other things out there. I can, yeah. Um, I love it being out there. Even if it's a, a shitty day hunting, you can still find beauty in it if you look for it. Yeah. If you just look like, hey, it sucks. I didn't see a deer. Well, that's what you're going to find, but you're going to be a shitty person. That, like you're going to have that kind of, Mindset in general, you're gonna have a, that kind of down, downer mindset in general. Yeah. Like if you can appreciate things in general, go for it, man. Like I love yeah, experiencing new things. Yeah, yeah, dude. Even if I just go up in in you know late October, early November, and I just see the tamarack, the tamaracks changing, I'm like, man, this is a cool country out here. And if I don't for see some
0: of you mo- more, um more technical folks, he's talking about the uh, American Western larch. The Western larch, but we call them tamaracks here. And I don't want any stupid damn emails telling me how wrong we were calling it a tamarack. We call them freaking tamaracks, yeah. and this is where we live, so shut up. Yeah, you can get out.
1: Yeah. But something like that. Minute, can I get
0: a harumph? Harumph. 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 Give the there governor go. his harumph. harumph. Uh, a but, lot of you younger <laughs> folks won't understand that. But
1: that, that's just one of those things where it's like, enjoy this stuff. So I can see some people, they get into hunting, they don't find success, and they, and they just leave. Okay. Good for you for trying. You know, but if you want to stick with it, for me, it's getting my girls into it. You don't know how much joy I get when I tell my girls, "Like, hey, I saw a moose today. They don't necessarily. And you
0: understand. show them a picture that you took. You yeah. yeah. My, yeah. my
1: youngest, she doesn't necessarily understand the rules and regulations. When I'm like, hey, I saw a moose. And she's like, well, did you shoot it? I'm like, well, <laughs> I, di- I didn't draw that tag this what year, a sweetie. Savage. I didn't draw that tag this year, and I'm not going to break the rules yet. But it's, no, only a broken, no. <laughs> it's only a broken rule if you get caught. That's caught, what you should you know? be teaching your dog. But I mean, that kind of stuff where it's, <laughs> for anyone, I, going back, I mean, your kind of premise on this was like newer hunters to go, just get out there and try, man. And, and yeah. the big thing, know your limitations. Don't push yourself too much. And that that was a big thing that took me. It took me years to get more comfortable with that. X things like that, that really helps out. But if you don't have that, do not overextend yourself keep yourself safe you got a family to get back to you got to work to get back to but if you got an on x you have a hunting mentor if you have a cousin you know like mine or or family that you can talk to utilize that learn from them pick their brains i i bugged the shit out of jim asking why this why why are we going this way Why, why do you do this things like that where he said he doesn't know what i don't know but if you don't know anything ask your questions man because if yeah, you Yeah, you
0: did. I can't tell you how many times you asked a question and I'm like, "Man, I would have never thought to tell somebody about that." Yeah. Because, like, you know, it's like what you think is assumed knowledge, Yeah, right? And there's and it doesn't exist. We, people don't know that. No, and we, we don't know that. We
1: all have knowledge in our own fields that other people don't know, but seriously, if you're out in the woods with someone that's experienced and you don't know it, pick their brains because it's not going to bug them. They're going to answer. They're going to know it. Yeah. But it's going to help you. So I'd ask Jim all the time, "Why why are we, why do you want to go this way? Why do you want to go on this side of the the ridge? Why do you want to call this way or, or whatever?" If you have someone that knows what they're doing, pick their brain. And if you don't know, then you know, if you don't have someone then figure it out yourself or watch videos, but you know, know your limits, ex- push them right to the end, to the edge of that limit, you know, yeah. to where you feel Always safe. Push them. You got you want to you want to get better, right? But that—that's a big thing for me—is know your limits. But then, if you use an Onyx, you have a Zolio, someone you, or a Garmin InReach, something like that, where you can contact your family. InReach—that's
0: what it was. Yeah, I when yeah, I said the, the Garmin in, earlier. I was yeah, drawing they, a the blank inReach, on the, InReach.
1: Yeah. <laughs> things like that—they're great things to have. I recommend everyone to have them, especially you know if you have a spouse or, or someone that's worried about you. Have that. Let them know, hey, you're safe. You're figuring things out. Push yourself though. And try to get better every year. There's years that just all I learned was like, hey, I learned how this woods, you know, this certain section of the of the mountain drains. I learned where some wallows are at. I learned that certain deer come here. Not everything's like the greatest success, but you learned from it. I learned, you know, one thing. One
0: of my biggest takeaways from hunting, and and just speaking from, you know, I've done it in a long time. There's no such thing as black and white it's there's a lot of gray area yeah. you know we could sit here and be like we could be like what we were talking about earlier you know elk they're you know in in this region they're going to be feeding down low and then in the morning there's no point in trying to trail them and turn them around cuz they don't turn around and then there's there's going to be a thousand people out there that listen to this and, they, and be I've like bitch that. no I turned, yeah. I turned i turned a bowl around there's nothing and and, and that's that uh, again i am not arguing whether or not that happened i am saying that it, don't assume when, when I talk about hunting success, it comes down to this st- statistical data yeah. of of experience in the field, and so I do it that way. And somebody else might be successful doing it a totally other way, and that's actually the beauty of hunting is all that gray area is is what makes hunting beautiful. And where we where we kind of screw our, ourselves as a community, if you will, is we act like our experience is the only experience that matters. Yep. And, and like our opinion is the only opinion that matters. And I'm getting kind of, you know, I'm, I'm going down a rabbit hole here, but, uh, that it, we, we, shoot ourselves in the own, in our own feet because of that exact thing where somebody that turned an elk around first thing that right at sun up is going to be like, Oh, well, you know, these guys don't know what they're talking about. No, it's not that is we know what we're talking about. You know what you're talking about. We just do it differently and we get the same result. And and that's okay, yeah.
1: right? Yeah. So anyway, so uh, soapbox for the day. Yeah, no, I, I would leave it on. On uh, two last things I would want to say is one: be prepared for if you get that success mm-hmm. to know what you're gonna do. Have have a cousin you can call. Have a uh, a processor in mind, or know how to process process it yourself. If you've watched videos, know what you're gonna do after the fact. Know how your pack works, things like that, to get it off the mountain. That's a big one. The other thing, and the biggest thing I would leave everyone with is be proud of your harvest. No matter what it is, if it's a legal harvest, be proud of that, man. If it's... Yeah. if it's Social uh, media has, yeah, has don't Don't let that. other people know. Like, so, yeah, if you get a small spike, you get a doe, you get whatever, a small tom or a hen, if it's turkey, whatever it is, if it's a legal harvest, be proud of it, man. If you put in work, and you did it be proud of that don't worry yeah. about anything else post your stuff because other people are going to want to see that yeah because absolutely there, there's times i've gone out with him like hey man if i get a dough, i'm pumped because that's meat for my family yep so be proud of anything you get you know if it's legal post it and but the other thing is know what to do after the fact because yeah. that's when work does set in and, well now you at least
0: you got you got mike edgehouse to call you can call cut, Mike on If you're in by Idaho, by the way, guys, get that cut right mobile app. Yeah. Man, that thing good, is right. handy.
1: So if you're in North Idaho or the Spokane, Washington area, he, he's he's solid. He's a yeah. good dude. On that, he's got videos on there. You can learn how to process in the field, which is really handy. Um and he also has a lot of good recipes on there too. He's got some really good well, yeah, recipes for like, him to do. It's
0: like I'm freaking meat scientist. So man, we have one lined he's, up. It's, he's uh, supposed to come on
1: the show and he keeps he keeps uh rescheduling on me yeah well he's i'm actually, gonna blame him i think about. he's up in uh canada hunting right now yeah he, he probably is i told Imagine him about that, that. he said it, he's, he actually said to wish you happy birthday but he said hey, he's thanks, in canada Mike. right now um I think I'm, I'm 20 I'm, I'm 24 today 24 or yesterday but he's I got some good recipes on there but that's the thing for other people be proud of whatever you get if it's legal man sing you know sing your song to the highest mountaintops be sing happy those praises brother yeah and uh, sister but the other thing is be, be ready for if you get something down know what to do after the fact. Yep. Well,
0: I appreciate you doing this man. Uh That's fun. I I'm curious it, again we are you're the first one to record in the new official Broken Time studio. It's a it's a shit show right now. Once it's all once it's all done, I'm going to take some cool video of it. The question this is our first live audience. Does do the does your wife does she have anything to add to the fact that she married a guy that didn't hunt? And now all of a sudden she, he is a hunter, and he spends you know he spends all this time in the woods. Like what is uh, And Jeanette, and Jeanette say hi to everybody. Say it right in the mic.
1: Uh, hi.
0: <laughs> that was that sounded really timid. You're not that timid. Say it. Try it again. Say hi.
1: Hey girl. Hey. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what do you think? Like what uh, is? Did you, When you got married, did you ever think your husband would be a, a big time hunter?
1: No, I, I just, I love, I love who he grew up to be. I love what he does for our family. I love our life. I love, I just, oh, I love backstraps. <laughs> so good. Um, I just love it. It's I love him. Hunters are,
0: they're just like more sexy than non-hunters, right? Oh, yes. Babe, Better- do, do you, what do you think? Do you want to talk into Mike? I do not. Come on, my wife's super shy. She won't. She won't talk. Come
1: on. Anginette An- An- did say she said, and I quote: "Better lovers, better men, better people. <laughs> what? Beautiful what? hunters make beautiful lovers." Did you say that? I I said that. I'm pretty sure that's what you said. I'm pretty sure that's what you said. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right, well, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us on this episode. It's kind of fun to to get together with folks that we love and and uh, have a few drinks and and uh, record an episode like this. Hey, guys, if you if you are getting any value of my show out of my show by listening to the Western Huntsman podcast here, it is a huge help for us if you jump on and write a good review on Apple uh, Podcasts. Um, it does something with the algorithms, and if you guys, you know, if you find a show that where you found a lot of value, and you could think of somebody else that might get value out of it, uh, please share that episode with them. And uh, again, Andrew, I appreciate you joining me on this episode, man. That was a that was a lot of fun. It's good to actually have somebody pers- in person live chatting it up about hunting. Uh, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of the hunter that you've become. Uh, you're you're not you're not one of those people that wanted to kind of dip their toes in and and if it worked out it worked out nope you jam- you jumped right into the lake brother and it's paying off now and so i just i appreciate that thanks for joining me here on the show and uh let's do it again soon
1: yeah thanks man thanks for having me thanks for helping pack that out too buddy i owe you <laughs> hey
0: didn't you you put, got me a bottle of whiskey that's all i ask
1: you know, I did. But,
0: yeah. <laughs> thanks man thanks everybody have a good time